This is Christy James with her song Push from the EP Raw on Tell Craig Your Story podcast.
Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be talking to country rock singer Christy James. Now Christy is from Newcastle, Australia and she's a recording artist. She's done quite a few releases. Uh, 2013, Nobody's Gonna Make Me. 2017, The Raw EP. And she's about to release another EP in 2020. And the first two singles that we had were Independent and Black Heart. Uh, she's won the award in 2017 for the Australian Songwriters Association Award. And she's uh, performed at the Tamworth Country Music Festival. She's done some recording in Nashville, also touring as well. And her current project she's doing is uh, Shape Music where she is helping uh, up-and-coming, inspiring uh, musicians through the, the whole business process. But before we go, please go to our Facebook page. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That's at Tell Craig Your Story. And there's also a link there where you can go to where you can search for where Tell Craig Your Story is streaming. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, uh, to name a few. We also have the competition running uh, for this month where I want you to design or create the Tell Craig Your Story podcast theme song. Now, it's no longer than 90 seconds, and I'll be announcing the winner at the end of May. Uh, so please send it through to um, our email or send me a, a private message. All right, here we go. This is the chat that I had with Christy James on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hey, Christy, how are you doing today? I am fantastic here in uh, self-isolation. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, yeah. Uh, this situation is not the best. <laughs> it's uh, doing the best I can. Yeah, so, not entirely ideal. <laughs> so tell me about this. Uh, tell me about has this stopped you from playing gigs and how, how, is, it, how is it affecting you? How is it affecting your family? Are you doing okay? Are you staying safe? Yeah, um, I think that I'm one of the very lucky ones, actually. Yes, sure, it has affected our family significantly because uh, we make our living from music, both my husband and I. So he has no gigs, I have no gigs. But I do have a music school um, called Pitch Perfect Music Tuition and uh, and I took that online within a week. I had plans to take it online in January 2021 so I had about nine months up my sleeve. That went to seven days. <laughs> um, so, you know, so that's that's going surprisingly well. It's it's still floating around roughly kind of where it was, which is, you know, we're really thankful for that. Um, and I have another business that I'm building online, which is to help guide independent artists like I was for a long time before I had signed to a label. So I've kind of got a lot more time than than I had before because I was gigging quite a lot. I was doing like between four and six gigs every single week. So wow. so for me, um, you know, with with the government 
tell with the government funding that they're supplying, you know, sole traders. Um, I'm, I'm really quite fortunate to still not really be behind, but to have also gained that little bit of extra time. So I'm one of the very, very lucky ones in this situation, if you can refer you, to it as you luck. Be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, you know, and I've got, um, I've got three children that, you know, we need to put food on the table for. So, um, so yeah. And, where we were already, you know, ahead of um, in financially, we were we were pretty secure. So, I've been working hard at that for a while. So, in case something ever did happen, so I'm feeling pretty proud You've of my got... decisions lately. Yes, <laughs> and it's good to have that yeah. that backup plan just in case. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And uh, and like my my dad always says, you know, save it save it for rainy day. You know. <laughs> yeah, just... it's really pouring right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> And is all your family and friends, they're okay? Yeah, um, most of my family is. Um, my sister is a, uh, she has a family daycare center and she's not being looked after as well as we would hope. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, generally we're, um, we're all pretty lucky and um, my friends are all pretty safe. I mean, a lot of my musician friends are okay because of the government again um they're probably wishing they did their tax returns by now though <laughs> <laughs> that's a good lesson for all of us to make yes. sure we're up to date but um but yeah it was scary it was really touch and go for a lot of my musician friends there for a while you know um as i said i was pretty lucky but all of my friends that was they live week week to week on yes. on what they get paid from their gigs and to have that suddenly taken away and not be able to pay their rent um or their bills it was um yeah it was frightening and i just felt really felt for them so yeah and, and it's it's difficult too like uh, i i've come back actually from china of all places uh, <laughs> I, I live in shanghai at the moment it's like we're kind of very very lucky where you know, the government's helping out with people that are unemployed, you know, they're getting double with their social security or, but in China, if you're not working in this period, you're not working <laughs> and yeah. you don't get any money at all. And, and it's very, very difficult. That's for my, terrifying for the economy. It really very, is. very terrible. And, um, I work in the education in, in China. They still haven't gone back to, to school yet. So, wow. um, it's tough times, but it's lucky that, I've come back and, you know, can do it online. But, yeah. Yeah, you uh, are. Very, 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 very uh, you know, hopefully oh. it goes away very soon. Hopefully, yeah. A lot of a lot of people are quite down on our government. And I never get into politics. I don't say whether Same. I'm for or against our government. However, you know, I just think in, in this kind of time, I think if you look at every other country, we're doing pretty damn well. Yes, yes. I'm really lucky. Mm. Yes, very, very lucky. Hopefully this thing goes away very very soon. So mm, absolutely, uh, get back to you. especially the old entertainment industry, like, like you said. <laughs> yeah, so, we're down like three billion dollars, I think, or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so like I said before, did you um, have gigs planned in this period? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, if I was to calculate the loss uh, for our family, it's it's quite substantial. So I I. I take every third weekend off to spend with my children right. um, and every other week I'm gigging Thursday through to Sunday every single week and sometimes two gigs um, right. a, a day. So, so yeah, I was booked. Um, I'm always booked out a quarter in advance. So, yeah. Right. So, mm. have they been rescheduled or they've just been cancelled? 
No, um, they will reschedule them. They'll pop them back in place um, whenever they open. Um, but I guess that kind of depends on who survives this as well. You know, if some of those venues don't survive this, then obviously they won't be <laughs> rescheduled. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and speaking of which, uh, we are both from Newcastle. Uh, we're about to Newcastle. Well, uh, I'm from. Up? Oh well, I'm from late. Well, I'm in Lake Macquarie, but I, I grew up in Lake Macquarie, just near Charlestown as well. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Tell tell us about growing up in Newcastle. Mm. Um, what was that like? You know. Well, uh, I guess I do get asked that question. I guess the thing is, I can only say what I think it's like because I haven't really, I haven't lived anywhere else, um, and right. I don't want to live anywhere else. Um, at yeah. the moment, I'm in a beautiful place called Warners Bay, and for oh. me, I think it's like a slice of heaven. <laughs> you know, I just, I love it here. And any time I go away, any time I go, you know, to to Nashville or like any anywhere overseas, um, or even just anywhere in Australia, I just want to come home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I grew up with, I guess, it's it's not a small town. It's not like a small country town. Um, but it's not so big that it's too fast to do anything. It's, you know, it's kind of that medium pace that, that I really like. Um, obviously, to do bigger things in your career, you've kind of got to make that move, I think, probably overseas. But yeah. um, it's probably not something that, um, I would have been willing to do because I just love Newcastle so much. No, and and in saying that, uh, did you have to at any stage have to go to Sydney to sort of promote your music, or did it sort of eventuate here in Newcastle? Um, I've always had to travel. Yes. Um, but yeah, I started here in Newcastle. Um, I started. Gosh, my first EP was released when I was thirteen. Wow. <laughs> and you know i started a business i got my a like my well, abn it would have been just before abn's come out but i was running school discos when i was 14 oh, talent nice. quests talent quests and showcases when i was 14 and 15 um and then i kind of moved on um i had some children when i was a little bit too young um <laughs> had a little bit of a break and then kind of got back into it so started yeah i've done all of my recording and everything um well i started out locally and now um you know i've traveled to nashville and stuff to record now but but yeah um most of it's been done from here okay mm. and and tell me about the because obviously with me being overseas now i, I don't really get a chance to sort of uh, go out and watch live music like i used mm. to Tell me about your opinion with the, the live music here in Newcastle at the moment because, you know, when I'd finished high school, it was pumping, uh, you know. It's uh, not like that. Yes, yes. So, so that's <laughs> no, my question like now. Uh, in, um, in your opinion, why, why do you think it's sort of gone away? Like I, I, I really find that there's only like a couple of venues that have original music. I think it's a different time. It's a different um, generation. Our generation didn't have um didn't have ipads and phones and netflix and things that you're just able to do um at home and have so much entertainment at the tips of their fingers why go out and see somebody yes. play their songs when they can go to facebook and watch somebody do it live that's right yeah. you know um i think it comes down to yeah the generation just um instant gratification i talk about that um in in one of my podcasts 
it's um it's that need for instant gratification and um and they can yeah with a flick of a switch get that and that is i think that's why a lot of our venues are suffering and they've really got to pick up the pace to excite anyone to interest anyone to to get them to come to their venues it's i think it's a lot of work but yeah. it may change after this you know I hope it, so. for a little while maybe um people will be wanting to get out definitely i believe that so it, you might see a spike in that i don't know if it'll eventually probably return back to what it is but yes. i think there will definitely be a spike at least yeah yeah that's good well, well that's the thing like uh, uh, I'm, I'm in shanghai and that I know all these places now where I can go and see, you know, they have an open mic night or, or they'll they'll have like a band competition, and I just don't see where that that that's happening in Newcastle now. I, I want it to happen, and then you have like the Cambridge, you have all these other places, but I, I just see more more like cover bands, which I, I you know I was a part of as well, but. I just feel for the the original music uh, sometimes um, in Newcastle. It's, it's I feel for all music. I mean, yes, they book cover bands, but we're kind of really just a CD player, glorified CD player sometimes yes. in yes. some venues, you know. Um, but unless the venue is specifically for live music, which um, for original music, which there isn't too many of. Um, yeah, it's just easier to get cover acts, I think, because mm. and that and then that's really to uh, entertain the people that are there, unless the cover act has a huge following. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's tough. <laughs> and then, and then also, like in in Mel- uh, I was also I've been talking to some people here locally as well, and they're saying that even Sydney now, a lot of their venues are shutting down as well. And if you sort of want to make it. With the original music, it's better to go to Melbourne. Mm, Have you heard of that? Well, I guess Sydney had uh, the lockout laws. All of those laws changed and really killed the Sydney entertainment scene, I think. Mm. I think think some of those are actually being lifted. Well, kind of, not really at the moment. Everything's in lockdown. But um, I think (laughs) that they are are working on lifting and giving licences back to venues. Uh, But the licensing was so strict on the venues that that they just weren't allowed to have that entertainment that drove people to the venues. So, yeah, um, I think Melbourne probably has always been great for music. Yes. Mm. And have you travelled? Have you been down there, Melbourne? Uh, I've been, played? I've been down there, but not to, um, not to play actually. Right. So yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, I should, should get down there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where, where have you played? I know, uh, I've seen like uh, your, some of your tour schedules, but you know, uh, where have you played with your band? Like, you well, know? we've played a lot around New South Wales, obviously, um, and then a, a lot in Queensland as well. So I kind of haven't gone too much further out of there i kind of like to stay local um as much as i'm still releasing music there are other projects within the music world that i'm more or just as focused on so i mean my interest at the moment doesn't really lie with going out and playing with a band like yeah i've been doing festivals and things like that but my interest really doesn't lie with getting a band together and going and touring um it's it's more so my interest more so lies with helping people that are trying to do that and showing them how to do that with 
without wasting all of your money and you know not yes. being ripped off <laughs> so, so yeah so let's talk about that then so uh, at the moment uh, you're currently involved with this uh, a new project called shape music mm. so, so yep. tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved with it well um as i said i started when i was very young so if you have a look at all of the things that I've done and the music that I've released um, and the film clips that I've released. I mean, there's nine of those, I think. Yes. Um, if you start calculating that, <laughs> um, it's, you know, the the money that I've spent is just, it's it's just crazy. And, and I know that now I know after, you know, all of these years, I'm 35 now, I know that there is a way and a process to releasing music, to building your profile, to getting yourself out there and having a successful career as an independent artist. That cost me a lot of money to work out. I spent money with the wrong people. I um, right. I spent money on the wrong things. I wasn't prepared. So that cost me more money, you know, and more heartache and more stress. And I just see that there are so many younger artists, especially with their parents helping, guiding them, going, okay, well, now I've recorded a product. Now what do we do? It's like, well we really should have backed up and thought about what you should, what you would be doing before you recorded that project. So, yes. um, so I created shape music. Uh, I started thinking about it last year. I was originally going to take my music school online and create a business out of that. And, yeah. uh, the need wasn't there for that, um, as it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have both now, but, um, but I knew that there is, is a hole in, in the market for, for that kind of information. Um, I wish that I had have had some guidance, somebody to be guided by, to, um, to help me when I started re releasing music. I would have just saved a lot of money and a lot of heartache and, yes. you know, um, I would have known which way to go about that. So, um, so I've created a couple of free things. Um, I'll consistently put out free content, but, um, but I created something called the five step plan to independent recording artist success, um, which is a free download as well. Um, I'll give you those links. So maybe you can use those. Sure. Um, and that's a 12 page PDF that goes through, you know, where you start, um, your inception. So creating your brand, which is very important because a lot of people don't realize that having a career in the music industry is a business. And that's where Definitely. a lot of, that's where a lot of people, um, you know, I feel have a little bit of learning to do. There's that learning curve of, okay, well now you have a business. So you need to have a plan and you need to have budgets and you need to have a brand. Your name, you, uh, you know, you are now separate from your name. Your name is that entity and you've got to protect it and grow it and nurture it and uh, and that's where you're going to make your money. So, um, so, yeah, that's what this PDF is about. Um, and then I've got a whole social media calendar pack that I've created. So it's literally 365 days of posts for people to put up on their um, social media because that's a really important aspect. Very important. Um, so yeah, and then I've just got a um, a free vocal lesson too because obviously I'm um, I'm a vocal coach, mm. um, and I've had some of the best vocal coaches in the world, and uh, and I find that a lot of people who are independent artists going on the road and then going into the studio are losing their voice. I get that quite a lot. So um so I've created a quick video to tell people about the one main reason that I see people losing their voice. So that's yeah. That's interesting. So, and have you had that experience yourself? 
Losing my voice? Yes. Um, yes, but not due to using it incorrectly. Um, right. I, <laughs> I, I ended up finding out that I had um, that I had silent reflux actually, oh. <laughs> and um, it was just from you know eating spicy food. So, um, <laughs> but what would happen is that would that would inflame my cord, my vocal cords, just the same as a singer that is singing incorrectly and putting too much pressure on their cords. Um, so I would lose my voice and then I would, because I use my voice so much, I would have to compensate and in the end I couldn't even move my jaw hardly. Wow. So, um, so yeah, I had to change my, my diet <laughs> and, uh, and I've, I was fine and I haven't had that, um, that ever since. But, um, but I do have a lot of students and have had a lot of students, um, I actually just had a phone call today from somebody with that <laughs> very same issue. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, it is common. It's mm. it's common when you start to use your voice a lot. Regularly, that, yeah. Yes, regularly that that you start to have the issue. Mm. Yeah, right. And so tell me like right from the start like uh, mm. when you first when did you sort of realize that, that this was like um you know, this is what you wanted to do, like um, finding out about you being able to sing properly. Because it's not just something you can just, well, maybe some people can just go like that and go, hey, you know, da -da 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 -da. but some, they need a lot of practice. Yeah, so I mean. How, how was it for you? Sure, there's natural ability, mm. but um, we're, all, we're all born to breathe correctly um, as babies. It's called diaphragmatic breathing. Um, when we get to about three, we start breathing another way, which is called shallow breathing. That's about 98% of the population that does that. So 98% of the population need to learn to sing. They need to learn to support their breath, whether they're good naturally or not. For me, it was never a question of whether I would be a singer or not. It was kind of like I, d I don't remember not singing. Um, it's just It was just always what I was going to do. Um, and I got my first lessons when I was 10. Um okay. So it was very hard for me to teach for a little while because um, because I couldn't remember a lot of what I did. But when I had my children, I completely lost that strength and that control and had to relearn. And it was then that um, – and my, my oldest is 14 now. But it was then that I um, really put in a lot more extra time into relearning and realised, you know, okay, that's how you do it. <laughs> Um, instead of just relying on what I was doing naturally because I'd already learnt when I was young. So yeah. I've always sang um, yeah. and I've always wanted to record and I've always wanted to be in the music industry. I always wanted to be obviously a famous singer. That's what everyone wants to be. But uh, as I've gotten older, my trajectory has changed. Um, so apart from shape music and my music school, my husband and I just signed a a deal with an American um, music library, so that is wow, to awesome. yeah, so that's to um, use that's to use our music, so my songs, because I'm now an independent musician again yes. um, for TV and film, and that's that's a great thing about being an indie um, artist as well, is your, your music's very easily licensable for yes. for TV and film, so. So that was something else that we wanted to get into because my husband produced my last record, which um, which did really well. And uh, so, yeah, now we're just recording and writing for um, TV and film as well. Right. So, so we're kind of a little bit here and there, you know, with everything. <laughs> and I'm still putting out music, but it's really the music that I've been writing for TV and film. So it's just, yeah, I'm just staying active. Um, and I have a lot of people that have supported me throughout my journey. 
so I, I like to still put music out for them. And how, how do you balance that? Like yeah. a heavy workload with a family, <laughs> and, you know? Um, yeah, it's very early mornings and it's very scheduled and um, yes. very routined, yeah. Um, that's what I mean. It's I haven't been able to put as much into the shape music side of stuff until now, until this has happened, um, and I'm not doing so many gigs. So it's been a little bit easier to balance lately. Right. And let's talk about uh, sort of instruments as well. I can see in the background there you got your guitar and your key- keyboard. So when when did that all start to evolve as well, uh, like playing guitar? Yeah, um, not when I was young. Right. <laughs> I wish it was. Um, I played a bit of piano throughout school. Like I can play enough to accompany myself. I'm not a great piano player at all. Um, but guitar... Um, my husband's a guitar player and he's like, you need to play for yourself. I can't keep playing for you, blah, <laughs> blah. And I was doing a lot of – I was always doing duo gigs and band gigs and stuff. And yes. the agent that I was with at the time, she said, you need to do solo gigs. I'm like, I can't play. Like I can play two songs and not even fully through, you know. I was kind of just <laughs> learning to strum. <laughs> yeah. And because um, I – honestly, I've done a lot of things in life and I think that playing guitar is really the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and she said, you've got six weeks. I've booked you your first gig. And let me tell you something, the first six months of me playing gigs with just me and my guitar was very terrible. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> but, I guess you're going to start somewhere, right? Yeah, but fast forward, <laughs> fast forward six years later. Um, and now I play well. Um, I play, you know, confidently and fluently and... I can back myself anywhere and I play electric guitar in my band and I play a bit of lead and stuff like that. So, so um, do, that, uh, sorry. So uh, your husband does all the guitar on the album. Do you do any guitar as well or is it? Oh, all no, not on the album. Yes. <laughs> so you're just playing like the rhythms? Like I play, uh, I play live. live. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I generally play the rhythms. Sometimes he'll chuck me. A lead he's like you need to play now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um he's he's a very very strong rhythm player he obviously plays lead too but his thing is rhythm but um yeah. but because i'm not so great at lead i have to yeah now what's his background as well he's same as me yeah same as me he's just always played played in many bands um and duos and now he he never really sang actually and um just the last two years he's been he's been gigging i'm like well if you want me to gig with playing my guitar we're like (laughs) the exact opposite like he never sang so now he's gigging and singing as well um but he writes a lot of um tv like the music for tv as well so like um like your little ukulele tracks and stuff yeah yeah that's very good so so it says here and we were talking about this before it says that you started uh writing music at the age of 11 is that Mm. true Mm -hmm. yeah yeah not not very good music but yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you started gigging at 18 yeah. Um, so was this your well, first recording or like uh, I've got the list of uh, your, you know, EPs and uh, mm-hmm. singles. Um, so was that your first touring for your first gig or was, you know, just playing songs that you? Yeah, no. Um, it says 18 because that's legally when I first started gigging. I've right. been 
I've been doing actual, like, I've been playing at places ever since I was 11. Um, I started writing when I was 11 and then recorded my first EP when I was 13 with a group of guys called Forefront Productions um, mm. here in Newcastle, and I believe Nick oh. has just won a Grammy, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's two producers I've worked with that have won Grammys, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, me, I did that. Tell me that experience uh, working with, with the producer, that producer. Um, well, I don't remember the first one because right. I was like 13. I really don't remember much. And Nick is yeah. great. Um, and he's still very supportive of me, actually. He's very sweet. Um, but I just finished my EP that's coming out later on in the year, um, with a Grammy producer, um, Grammy winning producer in Nashville, um, at the end of 2018, actually. Um, Jamie, so Jamie, Jamie Tate? Yeah, yeah. So um, The Ruckus Room. That mm. was very interesting. I was listening to a podcast with the the drummer, actually, that I had, who is um, Reba McIntyre's drummer in Alabama. Yeah, right. Their drummer. Um, he's just insane. So they literally come in and they said it'll take half an hour per track. They actually spent a bit longer on my tracks because I write a bit differently to – um, yes. to most of your um, artists, which is sometimes a blessing and a curse for me. <laughs> um, but the whole band comes together, they listen to your demo, they write a chart in front of you, they go in the room and they play through maybe three times. Wow. And then you've got your songs. It's mind-blowing. It is so mind-blowingly mm. amazing, their skill. And they do that all day. They can wow. do up to 21 songs like that apparently um so yeah and then i had four days three days to record my vocals and my backing vocals right. yeah um so yeah Is it, are I, you confident we're doing that like three or four, only uh, three or four days you should yeah be able to yeah i spent i spent a good six months preparing vocally um right. and you know i was ready to go over and have jamie like really hammer me and say you know you got to do this and do that but um but he's really happy was really stoked with um with my vocals so it so, i was vocally very fit at the time so so this was for is this for raw this no one? um raw was the one before that which i did at home with my husband right we, we recorded that at home um this is for uh actually i haven't put out the title yet but it will be called independent, independent yeah right yeah so you got the single up on, on YouTube at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the single is independent, yep. And then the next single from that was Black Heart. Black Heart. Yeah, um, and then we'll put another one out in a few weeks. And then um, later on in the year, the whole EP, Independent, will be out. Okay. Not, a, not, a rec not an album? No, uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's very smart, really, to put out an album these days. Yeah. Um, Physical CDs don't really sell unless you're gigging um, yes. and touring. And even then, um, you know, your playlists are just becoming so much more important. And the way they kind of work at these days is they like the tracks to be fresh. So if you put out three songs and then an album, the rest of the album's kind of dead in the water. So yes. I'm, I've got six songs on my EP and I'm literally going to release every single one before I put out the EP. Right. Um, so the only thing new really on the EP will be like the last song and the picture on it. <laughs> oh, the poor little last, poor little last song. Did you get a video clip as well? <laughs> no, I'm not doing any more video clips. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a piss picture review on YouTube. Yeah, you know, yeah. You just have to listen to it. You know, exactly, your imagination. Yeah. 
Or maybe yeah. somebody could come up with the idea of, you know, mm. helping yeah. you out with that video. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to film them myself. <laughs> so how do, how do you pick, like, a set list then? Like, uh, you know, you've got, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know. Uh, I've got a fair few what, songs. So yeah, quite a few songs, quite a few yeah. releases. So, so how do you pick it, uh, like a set list now, like going out on tour, like after this? Well, I have enough songs to do a set um, at um, at a gig. Um, so, if it's just like a one-hour set, I have enough of my own songs to fill that. I don't know. I don't always like doing my own songs, though. Like, uh, if I'm playing at a cover gig and somebody asks me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just enjoying playing other people's songs, but um, but yeah, I do have enough, and then I'll I'll chuck a few covers in that um I really enjoy playing as well. But generally, I can do all of mine. The ones that I, if I do have to choose some to leave out, are the slower ones. Okay. Because mm. I noticed that the like the 2013 nobody's gonna make me mm. uh very rock. Very, very rocky. You're there with your guitar, and it's. Um, I, I just sort of, I really liked it because that, that's my sort of style. Is my jam as well. Yeah, uh, was, so um, I wrote that song with uh, a guy named Mike Carr, right? Who, um, who he's doubles as the comedian Buddy Good. He's one oh. aria for that. Mm, very, very talented guy. Um, we co-wrote that song, and um good friend of mine i'm not sure if you've heard of him um he passed away just um just recently glenn Hanna, um in the music industry so uh he literally has played on everyone's uh, <laughs> stuff but he's also he's also a very talented graphic artist so he did a lot of my covers he did the cover for nobody's gonna make me and he played the music on it so he's pretty nice. clever but yeah so and and i've always been very um very forthcoming with that with all of my producers and all of the players like it's yes. rock this is you know i'm really on that verge of country and rock and i kind of toe the line a bit and i get in a lot of trouble for that <laughs> so tell us about that like uh i also have a friend uh that was in the, the country and uh she was very very country uh, mm -hmm. tina martin her name is uh, also oh, from yeah, Newcastle. Tina. she's from yep. and high is that right yeah i went to was high actually yeah she's well. a little bit older than me but i do remember yeah. her yes. yeah yeah so yeah. so I had a good chat with her a couple of months ago and um, I asked her the same question about because she's very country and mm. at that time it was Shania Twain um, and, and it was it was like turning it all the country uh, country western traditionalists yeah. yeah they were turning into like a country pop yeah and it was like is that forced or is that what you want to do? Is that for the, you know, to make you feel good? So, mm. so tell me about yours. Like, like how, how, you know, you just uh. produce whatever <laughs> you produce or, yeah. it, or a, are you doing it for, for the love of it or are you doing it to please, you know, the, the current sort of genre of music that's popular? I thought about pleasing the current genre of music that's popular and uh, and I just, my heart doesn't sit well with that. Yes. Um, there's a big genre war, you know, you know about it and, and Tina would know about it. I know that she was quite popular just before I started recording again, actually. Mm -hmm. But I, there, yeah, there's a, there's always been that you're not really country or you're not really this or you're not really that and then I'd release something else and they'd be like, that's country. And I'm like, you know what, I don't. 
I don't care. I, I got into yes. a, little bit, a little bit of trouble for the stuff that I recorded in Nashville. But you know what? When I went over to Nashville, those guys who had worked with Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood and all those people, they said, your stuff is really great. It's so different and we love it, you know. But because it is so different, it doesn't sit well with people's with the traditional listeners' ears. Yes. Therefore, therefore, you can't really break through because you'd have to be a breakthrough artist that is changing the world, like Shania Twain. Yes, and and yes. you know, a little girl from Newcastle. But that's highly unlikely. Mm. I mean, who have we had? Morgan Evans, Silverchair. Yeah, uh, maybe, Your maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, going back a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple, but um, but you have to have a lot of money and a lot of support behind you to make that kind of difference. So, so the reason I went into TV and film is because I can write anything I want. However, yes. it comes out is how it comes out, and there's a place for everything. Yes. So, as much as I love country music, and you know, I grew up listening to traditional country music, but I loved Shania Twain. Right. Um. And <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I love Melissa Etheridge, and then right. I love Susie Quattro, and um, and I kind of have that. I've always had that rock vibe, no matter yes. what I do or what I write. Um, there's always that rock element yes. in there, and sometimes it's just it's too strong for you know traditional country lovers. So I just now I just write and put out what I want because I'm not trying to. Be a famous country singer. Yes. Um, I just got so many different um, interests within the music industry, and I want to help other artists as well. So, yes. so yeah, now I can do what I want. <laughs> well, the other thing too is like uh, with with the whole uh, the, that country thing is that then all of a sudden you you turn on the country music uh, on the on the uh, on the TV. And every song sounds the same. So, so yeah, you know, and yeah. that's for that's for the listener's ear. It's yeah. it's pleasing to their ear. I remember that. Um, you know, is it Outcast that sings "Hey Ya"? No, who sings "Hey Ya"? Hey yes. Ya. Yes. That song. Um, they had to spend so much money, and then they had to have radio put it sandwich it between two different songs so that people got used to listening to that before it became a number one. It was a flop the first six months that it was out because people right. people weren't used to it. They like something that's slightly different to yes. what they're used to, but people yes. can't move too far out of their comfort zone with listening to things. And that's, sometimes that is the reason that my music may not necessarily connect on um, on the levels as every song that sounds the same does. That's yeah. right, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, I always have the thing of, um, uh, you know, I, I did some traveling with Metallica and they had the same they had the same issue as well that 10 years of just like, you know, <laughs> I am heavy metal, I am heavy metal. And then they got to the mid '90s, doing it for you know over ten years of playing the same music, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I'm going to start playing some blues music. I'm going to start playing <laughs> some jazz. I'm going to start playing some ballads, more ballads, yeah. mm. you know. And then all of a sudden, all these metal guys are like, "What's going on? What are you doing? What are you guys doing? This is not, this is not my band. Yeah. You're not my band. Yeah, <laughs> same people, but you're not my band. So." Yeah. 
Um, and then they recorded with the symphony and then they yeah. recorded with Lou Reed and they're just, you know. <laughs> yeah, because, we, you know, we're creative. Musicians right. are creative. Artists are creative and that's what we want to do. And to be pigeonholed all of the time, um, it can get really boring and it can get depressing for, yeah, can, for yeah. us. And I guess that's why I stopped completely chasing that whole pinnacle one you know, one pinnacle dream, I guess, um, because it just didn't interest me anymore like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And um, when when you did start getting success and when you were going to, to the U.S., um, how did you deal with, like, the pressure of the media and, you know, how do you deal with that? You know, um, do you have, like, a, a live, you know, Christy James and, you know, can you switch off straight away or – yeah, it? yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at that. I mean, um, with my songwriting, like I won two Australian Songwriting Awards. Yes. Um, and that's kind of, I guess that's where the songs started to get circulated more and recognised a bit more. Um, and then with the TV show that I judged on, um, that one kind we'll of elevated that. that. Well. Yeah, Eleva- so- elevated that a bit more, but. So what was that? What was that experience like? All together now, you're a judge uh, with Rowan, Rowan Keating. How did yeah. that come about? <laughs> um, well, they sent me a um, an email and asked me to audition to be um, a competitor. Right. <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like to do any of those shows. Um, yes. I just don't like it it's i don't it's not good for my mental health (laughs) to do those shows um because i remember back in idol um i made it through quite a few rounds and i just oh did you yeah back in 2000 and maybe now tell me that that experience like um i've got a a love hate with the whole uh reality tv shows i have a hate with it i don't have any love (laughs) love for it at all um it's 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 a TV show. They want mm. drama. They want it to be staged, and the contracts that are, are in play are just, you know, I'll probably get my butt kicked for saying all that. But um, I wouldn't be on a reality show as a as a competitor if if you paid me to. I really wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's, it's true, but because like, um... you tell me who won The Voice four years ago. Or who, <laughs> That's right. Who won Who won Idol? Yeah. <laughs> the second last season or you know like it's just it's your five minutes of fame but you gotta be careful because that may be all you get yeah. so um so yeah you gotta be careful with that but um i i said you know no i don't want to do that but i did notice in the email they had said um oh because we have 100 judges which we're auditioning and um and i sent back a thing and i said you know i'm not really interested in this but i would love to audition if that's possible for this and they said yeah absolutely just send a video through and um and i sent a video through and they liked that which was really exciting i started getting really nervous about that um and then they yeah liked the video and they asked me to do a live um a live audition which um which was a bit scary and then um I actually found out on the day that one of my friends was also one of their vocal coach judges. <laughs> oh wow! Um, but obviously, he's not allowed to. Um, he's not allowed to judge me. Yes. But um, and then, then I went through to the next level, and um, then they they accepted me. So 
Um, then we had to go down and tell them if we had any skeletons in our closet <laughs> <laughs> so they could um, be aware of, you know, having to deal with with any ramifications of anything that we've had going on in um, in our life. So, so yeah, it was, it was a scary process, a long process, um, but it was really good and the show was really good. I mean, whether you liked it or you didn't, it was all real, which was really good. We weren't told what to say. Um, we weren't told that we could or couldn't. The only thing we were told was that we couldn't use too colourful a language. Um, that was the only thing that we were we were told. Yeah. But um, but it was fun working with people like Mark Abel from the Choir yes. Boys. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. You know, all those guys. So we made a lot of friends and, um, yeah, it was a real lot of fun. Yeah, right. That's, that's great. And let's uh, talk about uh, – it also says that you – did you actually tour in LA? No. Um, geez, it takes a lot to be able to, you would probably know, <laughs> living yeah. overseas, um, yeah. to get that kind of permit just takes um, yes. too much. Um, when I was in LA, um, So that I was have, just there for recording and promoting? Yeah, and promoting, yeah, because I have a couple of friends over there. Um, a friend of mine owns, um, well, he did own an a boutique amp um, shop called 65 Amps and um, they supply amps to like Cheryl Crow and Kipper. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Um, so, uh, so we did a couple of like of their live videos and stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. So it was more promoting than um, than anything, yeah. Um, to go and tour there, I would have to s- organise that get, over get, quite get an extensive. And get the entertainment yeah. visa and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you're gonna do that, you may as well live there. And then it's a bit difficult for me with children. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And uh, with your equipment as well, do you have like sponsors? Uh, yeah, endorsements with your equipment, or yeah, um, what's the equipment hmm. that you're using at the moment? Yeah, so I have um, uh, an artist deal with Mayton Guitars. Oh, um, my mine and my husband's. Mason were both stolen after we come back a couple of years ago from, from Tamworth. Um, they were stolen from our garage actually while oh my my God. was in our bedroom. So um so that was pretty devastating and um Mason have always been really kind and looked after us and they're like yes. you know, we'll look after you. Um with that. So that was really great. Um and then I have um I've been lucky to have um an endorsement through Link Audio, they set me up with all of this equipment actually yeah. to um, to do all of these podcasts and interviews and stuff like that, and the recording stuff as well. That's so, great. So yeah, they've been really really good with that as well. Um, I have um, a hair sponsor, so Blanc Hair. Yeah, they look Come after on. my they look after my hair. They're amazing. Um, yes. Yeah, and then my uh, American album that is coming out later on this year the ep um a lot of that was also sponsored by um our accountants linkara so right. so yeah so with that so with that music will that mm. that be distributed uh to the to the pop country like in nashville you know in the south where, where it's popular in the u.s um yeah i mean it kind of just gets we use a distribution service so yeah they will send it over there and then um i do get a lot of requests from 
America to play my stuff. My stuff is actually more popular over there than here. Yes. Um, that's always been the case. Yes. Um, every time I look at my statistics, it's always <laughs> yes. it's always bigger over there. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because um, huge. They're a little more forward um, in their in in their not only their thinking but um, with where they're at with um, with the genre of country yes. music. You know, um, we're still kind of coming to that and accepting mm. that kind of style. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think we're probably about, they always say in Nashville that we're about 10 years behind them. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably right. Yeah, but um, but even with it, with my style, I sometimes feel like I, I missed my boat. I really feel like my time was around the 90s. I really feel like mm-hmm. like that um, Alanis Morissette kind of oh, yes, yes, age. Yes. I think that's where I kind of sit in <laughs> that with a little bit of a country edge to it. So, it yeah. Nice. so yeah, yeah. So yeah, Americans as well. Um, I remember going to um, uh, Charlotte. Is it Charlotte, um, North Carolina? Carolina, and uh, there was this there was this lady on, on the on the plane, and um, so where are you from? Just having a conversation. It's like, yeah, where are you from? So, oh yeah, I'm from Australia. Oh wow, do you know Keith Urban? No, I don't. I don't know Keith. Urban. <laughs> uh, we're a little bit bigger than, 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 than you know, uh, yeah. just a few people and some kangaroos jumping around. Uh, but um, I know uh, of Keith Urban. Yeah, and then she just rattled off all these country uh, country artists from Australia, um, and it's like. Wow, that is really, really cool. And, yeah. Um, yeah. They said they're just crazy for it. They, mm. you know, they're the same. That they go to a lot of festivals and and you know do do the two or three days camping and and I was like, good on you. That that is yeah. really really cool. Yeah, there's a good market for it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. And you were saying earlier before, like you've been to Brisbane a few times. I've been mm. told that it's very popular up there with the country. Mm. Yeah, it is. Why is that? Do you think that is it just? God, I wish I knew. I wish it had yeah. come down down here a little bit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit closer yeah. to drive, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the government is um, very supportive of the arts. Mm. You know, they've got like um, the blues on. Broad Beach, and they've got um, Groundwater, and they've got um, they've got a bunch of festivals up there. You know that um, that are s- supported by the government. There's a lot of government grants as well for musicians up there. Um, so move our country music CMC up to yeah, Brisbane? we do. We had to because um, it was too expensive at Hope's Estate, I think. Oh, uh, that's so, so yeah, disappointing. But like, it like is again, like um, mm. the last couple of years, it was super popular. My my dad does the whole country and lo- western line dancing, mm-hmm. so uh-huh. he's right into that as well. So. Um, he keeps that to himself. He knows uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a rocker, and you know, but uh, I, I, he loves it. He does it, so you know, good on him. He wears his cowboy hat and boots. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> it gives him something to do, so yeah. you know. Um, and and uh, yeah, he was telling me that the, you know, I'm always interested in the the musicians that are there, and yeah, he said oh, no more. It's moved up to Brisbane, so yeah, um, yeah, they they moved it up there, and um, yeah, I it's. It's still just it's bigger up there now. <laughs> will, they, will they ever bring it back here, or they just have big, no, no, people no. just? No, I don't think so. They're selling out within an hour. <laughs> you know. Um, so and did yeah. that 
Did they have that this year or was that stopped? Yeah. Virus? No, no, no. Sorry. It was completely sold out this year, but it wasn't on. No. It was meant uh, to be on like the first maybe weekend of the lockdown. I know it's usually around my daughter's birthday. Um, so, yeah, they they couldn't have it. And then you've just got to keep your tickets for next year, which is unfortunate for some that missed out because they won't be able to go again next year. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, yeah, it is popular. And, yeah, Queensland um, – and you know Brisbane are very, very supportive of country music. It's really great up there, but we've got our little pockets of support here too in New South Wales. Right, and speaking uh, of you know, the touring and the, the country music festivals, uh, can you tell me some up and coming bands, uh, uh, musicians uh, that you're into, and what sort of music are you listening to currently at the moment yourself? Gosh, I don't get to listen to any music unless my students bring it to me to be 100% truthful. Right. Um, I know, like, I see artists coming out in the in the country industry, um, you know, locally mainly, but I don't, yeah, I don't get a chance to listen to um, a lot. I tell you who, um, who I have been listening to a little bit and um, I, I surprised myself listening because they're they're not a country artist, but that's um that's Billie Eilish, and okay. um, as much as I'm not a fan of like her song like those the bad guys songs and stuff, she's got a couple of songs that um, she just for her age connects so so well to. I use her as an example to teach quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you know when you can sing that way and connect with music, that's that's the biggest thing in country music is is connecting, you know, to your audience. And that I guess that's why I like her so much. Um, same with um, somebody else that does that really well is Lennon Stella. Um, she was on the show Nashville. Okay. So, yeah, she's, I guess she's a bit of a country singer. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of into that music that really connects. Um, yeah. plus, plus the big voice stuff. I still have all of my old favourites like, you know, um, Tina Arena, but then going back like to, to Kenny Rogers as well. Yeah, like, right. So I just pass away. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as as far as um, as new stuff goes, um, yeah, I, I just kind of really like the different stuff, and I'm really enjoying um, Rachel Farhim stuff. Right. Um, okay. So she's um, yeah, she's going really, really well, and I think we've got a local girl, Tori Forsyth. Um, she's really different too, and um, and that's really cool. So yeah, you need to keep me in the loop, Christy. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> the same. I'm very out of the. So every time I come, I got a couple of friends that you know still uh, here in Newcastle, and you know mm. sort of helping me with the, uh, you know who, who are the new artists. So um, yeah, there's yeah. always a bunch of them. I always see who they are. I just never um, really get too much of a chance to yeah. listen to them. One of the guys that I'm really loving that I think is so super talented, I just his name has slipped my mind because I'm just useless with that stuff, but he just won Star Maker. And he's only really young, and he was playing before me at a festival um, last year in um, Gympie. And, uh, and I'm like, God, who is that? Because <laughs> my ears prick up when somebody is just belting out a song really yes. well. Yes. And... Um, and yeah, and I walked in there, and it was um, I just can't remember his name now, but he just won, um, Star Maker. I can see why. Yeah. I'm like, oh, 
Holy God. <laughs> yeah. Out as well. But, so, yeah. so with with your live, uh, do you have any like pre prerequisites before you go out and play? And, and have you always been like a confident uh, musician to go out and play in front of a large crowd? Yeah, I don't do anything before I go and play. Just a good warm up. <laughs> yeah. Tune, tune um, and, the guitars, make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never. Um, I've been nervous once that I can remember in the last 20 years because for me it's just like it's like can you tell us about that I can um I was supporting bachelor girl just um was it last year maybe I think it was last year um on their Sydney tour um it was actually it was a competition and um and I just thought I'll just send this video clip in and didn't expect to hear anything (laughs) because I never win anything (laughs) um actually I think you can see their album in the corner of my back there they gave me an album and signed it and stuff which is cool uh but I wasn't nervous because they were lovely and very supportive um I wasn't nervous until my number one favorite singer on the planet walked in which is Jack Jones um, oh, Owen wow. Thomas, uh, and he was there to see them, and uh, and he happened to be there while I was playing my set. So that is the first time I can remember being nervous. Probably took me a song and a half to sit in properly. Sit into it. Mm, but you, yeah, very just, nervous. But <laughs> you, you've always been able to go up there and just. Oh uh, yeah, for me, it's like washing the dishes. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really, it really is to um to talk to people on stage, to yeah. give a speech, to sing to play um yeah it's like yeah it's like yeah having dinner and washing the dishes yeah right mm. do you have your own uh sound guy uh when when you do play live or do you just uh, it depends um depends like for my when i did the raw tour for the last one i did um but if there's one there already i won't bring one in and say hey you need to do this yeah it's strange, actually. The guy that did my sound for a show that I did in Tamworth, the Country Music Festival, um, when I went to the Bachelor Girl gig, he was doing the sound for them. Oh, <laughs> so I'm right. like, I thought that's an interesting <laughs> kind of crossover, yeah. you know. And um, and I recently opened um, and did the national anthem for the Pro Bull Riding. Um, oh, at wow, our, that's and, cool. Yeah, at our entertainment center here. Forefront Productions were were doing the sound for that, so Nick wasn't there himself, but um, but his guys were. So I thought that's strange as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, but I know a lot of the sound guys around. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's let's wrap it, get it close to wrapping it up here. I'm sure we can talk for a long time. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm always interested to know how people write write music, um, and, and you were talking about it before. How you, how you have like a unique way with doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I'd I'd like to know, like how how you go about doing. Uh, you know, don't give any, any secrets, but you know, oh. uh, <laughs> just like like the like how, how do you do it? Is is do you have it? Uh, the the lyrics first. Do you write the melodies? Do you start yeah. with the guitar part? How, how do you do it? Uh, a lot of people ask that question. I'm not. I'm not a great songwriter. Um, I and the reason I say that is because I will only sit down to write for a project, and I will only continue to write a piece if I think it's the best thing coming out ever. Right. Um, to be a great songwriter, you need to do it often, and you need to write through those pieces that you think aren't even, yes. you know, great. Um, and for me, that really hurts my brain. 
um, I think I might be a bit too much of a perfectionist. So, um, so generally, if I am writing, it's um, I don't get a lot of time to just do it spare a moment. Um, but I do generally start with a lyric and a hook. So what I mean is, um, I'm writing a song at the moment. Um, and I just kept thinking, like, um, about not being able to go to Hollywood, <laughs> the boulevard there. <laughs> and, um, and I just had a, a melody that I just kept hearing. And it's like, on the Hollywood boulevard, chasing dreams, hey, 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 hey. And, um, and that just, you know, that's what I started with. And um, then I'll go to my guitar and I'm like, okay, well, how do I play that? Da, 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 da. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I really start with the hook of the song because yes. for me that's that's the part that grabs you. If you haven't got the hook, then you don't have a song. Yes. So, yeah, I always get the hook, I think. Mm. Now, now, in saying that as well, uh, are there particular times where sometimes a song will take five minutes, sometimes yep. it will take five weeks? Yeah. How do you do that as well? Like. Uh, sometimes the best songs are like, hmm. oh, that's so cool. You know, yeah. it could take five, ten minutes. But, you know, how long yeah. do you work at it until you go, nah? Yeah, hey, me, not very long. I should. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Actually, um, the I won, like I said, the Australian Songwriter um, yes. Award for a song called Overdrive. Um, and that song took me 20 minutes. Right. Um, I was <laughs> so angry at the time that the words just poured out and so did the melody. Um, and then I wrote a song about a friend called Dancing with the Bottle and um, that took me six months to finish wow. but but I didn't want to give up. It's the only song I've never wanted to give up on because it was just, it, it was a special song um, and I liked it and I liked the way it was going. But generally if I can't knock out the song in a day, um, I might keep it on my recorder and then give it another go yes, yes. um yeah and i kind of do bits and pieces but occasionally i can get a whole song out i just wrote a new christmas song in a day um wow. for our new christmas ep and i like that one so christmas ep that is <laughs> awesome tell us about yeah that. <laughs> oh <laughs> i haven't told anyone about that oh. um <laughs> it's just um we started writing the christmas ep at the beginning of the year for um for our tv stuff nice so um, so that'll be something, that's a project that, you know, I will spend um, six weeks leading up to Christmas putting a song out per week. Um, right. and, oh, on, your, on your YouTube as well? Like, and yeah, YouTube. On, on YouTube and it'll be, like, available, like, on Spotify and, um, you know, Apple and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just about having content to put out, songs to put out more often because I've been very slow in doing that. Um, yeah. It's always, like... Maybe a song every five months or six months, and then an <laughs> yes. EP, um, because it's really expensive. And um, yeah, now that we're kind of doing it this way, I'm able to put out a song. Except for now, because I've been busy with the lockdown. But yes. um, I'm at a point now where I can put one out every six to eight weeks. So um, so that should change things, and that's something that I want to give my supporters. You know. And I was just I was just going to ask like um, there was like a bit of a gap between the the, the release of your uh, <laughs> EPs as well. Um, yeah. 
I can now, I'm sort of working out why, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, if you listen to the um, the song Overdrive, when I put my EP out in 2013, and I, I actually tell this story, which is something that's really quite personal, but um, I tell this story in some of my emails that people receive when they sign up to shape music right, um, right. because I use it as an example um, because that's where I think I made my most mistakes within my career is between that first EP and the second one. Um, when I wrote Overdrive, um, our family was going through, I, I, w- I had only just gotten with my husband now um, and he was still, you know, working on his um, separation and um we were kind of going through a lot of stuff there for four years. Um, and I'd put out this song and then we just kept getting hammered with this family situation. Right. And um, and I was just like, I just don't have the energy to, to put into this project right now. Like I just don't feel like I can do it. And it was there that I had lost that momentum because Overdrive came out and it was still, I look at it and I'm still really happy with the clip. Yeah. And still really happy with the song. And that's pretty rare for a first proper release. Yes. So, yeah. So um, that's why there was such a gap between those first two. Um, we were just, we were sorting out our life together. Yes. Uh, we've been married six years now, but um, together 10. But yeah, it was rough um, and it was difficult. And that's what I tell people. Once you start, you can't stop. You have to keep that motivation um, and you have to keep pouring out that content. And I've been very stagnant in that um, due to family, due to financial commitments because I'm doing music alone, you know, that's all I do and I've still got to feed my kids. Um, So, you know, that's where some of those biggest mistakes come from, which is, again, why I've created Shape to make sure people are aware of this stuff. Yes. So that's, yeah, that's that's why there's a gap. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was just, just looking at that, so that yeah, I can definitely understand that. Mm. And, and um, so so final sort of final question. And I know with the whole pandemic, that that it's a bit of a miss <laughs> uh, <laughs> question. But the future, what is what does the future hold for for Christy? Um, it just it will be releasing music um, consistently. Probably won't really do many clips anymore, um, but it'll all, it'll just be releasing music so that it's able to be streamed. The music will also be for TV and film. Who was um, the producer? Oh, sorry, 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 Christian. Yeah, who, no, who, was, okay. who was the producer there of doing all your video clips? Because they're just amazing production. Like uh, they're <laughs> so well done, you know. And it looks like you've done a bit of time. And also, is there a family with there involved in in the the film clips as well? Uh, family. Yeah. Like my own family. Yeah, your own family. Yeah. Um. So I did half and half. I did ha- the first half with Glenn Wilson, um, who is amazing. He's just he's done a lot of clips for a lot of people, yeah. um, and he did the first half. And I've done the second half of clips with um, you, you know, Kirsty Lee Acres, country singer. Her um, her husband um does clips as well so yeah dark sunglasses i killed off my sister um she Ah. was she was in that so um and then my husband was in it as well um and then my sister's partner um but that's about yeah that's about all of the family i've had in there Mm. really cool production i really like i really like him i just it's about connecting really isn't it like yes what it's yes. about yeah and how long do they normally take to do something like that uh, like it, it seems like it'd be very time consuming 
Yeah, it depends. One or two full days. Um, but clips can take longer. It depends on how involved they are. Yeah. yeah um, nobody's going to make me. That's probably my favorite clip. That one yes. on the drive. Um, well, but, is that the one where you're dancing? Um, that's the one where you're dancing, uh, uh, ballroom dancing. Oh, that's called Push. Yeah, that's um, that was something else that, I, yeah, I used to um, be a Latin American dance teacher. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did that for seven years. and uh, But that's called Push. But Nobody's Gonna Make Me is black and white. And it um, I I had, like, that special doll made for it. So, yeah, and that right. was, you saw the doll being put together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and and uh, what else for the future? Uh, oh yeah, Sorry, so um, <laughs> no, that's okay. So yeah, I'll be releasing um, music mainly for the TV and film, but also for you know for consumers. Um, and I want to continue to build shape um, yes. and really build that up to help artists. Um, and I'll continue to build my music school as well, um, which specializes in vocal lessons, small groups for kids yeah. between four and thirteen. Oh, four and thirteen. I was going to yep. say, like, is it open for you know? Are you I've, open um, for all ages? Like, I've yeah, I've always taught all ages. Um, okay, but I'm really big on self confidence and teaching kids to be confident. And um, every time I teach an adult, I have to. There's a lot of stuff that is involved in, in learning to sing, and a lot of the times it's going back right through their childhood and figuring out why there are these mental blocks there. Nice. Um, as to why they can't improve. And it's not that they can't sing and it's not that their skill isn't good enough. It's it's this whole self-confidence. So I thought, well, if I can target kids as young as four and guide them from that age to when they're 13, when they're old enough to understand private tuition, you know, we're injecting this new burst of self-confidence um, into, into this community. Um, so, yeah, that's why I chose that age. That's great. So they're the and, things that I'm working on. <laughs> that's great. And is there any time for sleep or? or... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took me a really long time to get to the point where I knew what exactly what I wanted to do in life. In fact, it was it's only been the last two years. So yeah, um, so I feel really yeah good on that path. But um, you're right there. That is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is but I'm always busy, so that's good. And then with, uh, sorry, uh, with, with your kids as well, are they also doing, you know, vocal? Are you helping them with musically or? Adopting them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, oh, my son is really talented, um, but he's really interested in stuff like the history of the Titanic. So he's he's not at all interested in music. My daughter is. Um, she's fantastic, actually. She's a really good singer too. They can both sing their dad um their dad is a singer so they've kind of both got that gene which i'm surprised about because i know both of my parents can't sing at all like <laughs> at all it's really strange but my sisters and brothers can um so yeah the, they can um they can both sing and then my other son he's kind of more into like mechanics and stuff like that oh. so yeah i think if there is one singer it will be my daughter but I'm not pushing them into anything. I want them to do what they want to do. Yes, yeah. Mm. And, and uh, you, you were talking about your, your parents as well. Mm. Um, how influential have they been uh, with your, you know, telling them, you know, oh, I'm going to be a musician. Uh, <laughs> what did they say when, when you, you first know, said that? 
I don't. I don't. Ha- I have an amazing relationship with my mom. Um, I don't have one with my dad. He was a bit. He was a bit of a, a stage dad. But in saying that, the one thing that my parents did for me and gave me that they didn't realize they were doing at the time, but it's the one thing I'll always be so grateful for, is they thought that they had produced the most amazing, perfect child on the planet, and they thought that I could literally do anything. Right. So I never had any levels like put on me. I never had any restrictions. So I always believed I could do anything that I wanted as well. Like I could literally say to my mum, hey, mum, I'm running for um, prime minister. She's like, oh, that, that would be great. I think you'll get that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's how she was. So they never put any limits on me. Um, yes. And that's the one thing that, you know, um, they – they were never like, no, you can't sing or you have to do your homework before you sing. They probably, yes. they should, probably should have been. <laughs> but um but no, they it was they just knew that I was just that's who I was born as. Um but the whole not putting limits on me, that was the best yes. thing that anyone could have ever done for me, even though they didn't mean to do it because they didn't do it for my brothers and sisters. Um yeah. but they just I don't know, they saw something in me and then they just we're like, oh, you can do anything, you know. <laughs> um, so great. I thought I could. <laughs> Got to push your talent, you know. Yeah, you know, that's that's great. And did they have any musical background? No, uh, uh. nothing. No real. My dad is really good, like with mechanics and stuff like that. Like he can pull a car apart, and put it back together, and you'd never know. Like right. he's kind of good with that stuff. But apart from that, nothing. They don't. Then they don't. Yeah. Nothing. I'm very. I'm one of six kids, and I'm really different to my brothers and sisters. It's you, right. And I love them to death. Like they're, you know, I would do anything for them. But you would never ever guess that they were related. But my sister, that was in the clips. She did. Um, she does all my hair and makeup for the film oh, wow. clip. So yeah, she's a pretty clever little thing. That's cool. Hmm. And sorry, uh, and just uh, one more thing. You want to uh, promote your projects? Uh, mm, and yeah. Your, just one more time. Yeah, well, if you're looking to find my music, you can find it under christyjames.com or you can just type in Christy James into Google and I think I'm the only one that comes up. (laughs) Um, And for independent artists looking to figure out and navigate their way through this crazy industry, um, it's shapemusic.online. And at the moment, our music school is online, so if you are wanting... um, lessons for your children uh we take the creative kids voucher and that's pitchperfectmusictuition.com great and ken <laughs> uh we've also i've also got uh, international listeners as well um uh do you take international uh people yeah as well? yeah we do yeah for shape and for pitch perfect pitch perfect was is mainly a face-to-face class but we as i said we do have them online now so um so yeah that's we we absolutely do if you want to join in with bunch of Aussies um <laughs> yeah we're we more than happy to take everyone from around the world great and, and you said that you had a podcast as well is that still going yeah that's yeah. that's with um that's with shape music so it's called oh, the, gotcha. the shape music podcast yeah right. and that's um you can listen to that on any anywhere spotify and I google listen and, to it on spotify yeah and do you see i never knew about that um, until <laughs> i looked into it um i listen to it on apple podcasts oh uh, yeah you just yeah. get that feed the feed link and then you send it out and then yeah just, everybody I know. just <laughs> picks it I up i know that it. now yeah and uh, <laughs> and i use podbean so 
Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, there you yeah, go. yeah, for my yeah. You probably well. got more listeners than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, try- I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that yeah, I haven't had any guests yet. Um, I've done the first nine episodes with just me, um, but I do have some great ones in future. I've got um my accountant actually, who is really fantastic here and internationally, understands a lot about. Um, the musician stuff um, and I've got um, Marty Worrell from he was in um, top 10 of Australian Idol and um, the voice coach and a coach on all together now um, and I've got a couple of people from record labels and um, a couple of people from TV to talk about the reality shows um, so yeah I'm pretty lucky that I, being in the yeah. industry be careful with those uh, sort of things like the voice and just oh yeah careful. Yes, be careful. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yes. Um, I've, I've got a lot of friend. I've built a lot of friendships within the um, within the industry. So, yeah, it'll be um, obviously just talking about the pros and cons that they've seen with um, with things like the the shows, not the actual show itself. But yeah, a lot of people want to know if it's worth, you know, chasing that that are uh, that um that path and i think people should know the the pros and the cons just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for anyone else definitely yeah. <laughs> and, and you you need that good advice as well especially being in a band or wanting to or in anything and like with the entertainment world you need a good agent you need you need someone reliable that you can trust mm. you know because even the big stars have been you know they've lost you know, some of the big stars have lost millions of dollars. They sure you, have. You know, with bad advice and bad doing all, <laughs> yeah, doing these gigs and not getting paid for it, and you know, selling all these millions of records and getting nothing out of it. So yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think that's for, such for an advantage. Years? Yeah, it's an advantage for you to be like independent now and sort of be able to do it yourself and, and you know yeah break that oh barrier. yeah but in say, in saying that the the label that i was signed with was i will have her on my podcast because they're absolutely yes. amazing you know i was very very lucky um it was just that i'm moving into the television stuff and needed to own my own material again you know i've still got some music with those guys and they're just they're fantastic um social family records so um, I had a very positive experience. Um, I was very lucky, and uh, and I want others to be able to find that too if they decide to take that path, whether that is a record deal or if they just decide they want to get a distribution deal. Or what is the difference between that? You know, a lot of people don't know that either. So, yes. so yeah. and we'll see you back on the road very very soonly as well. Yeah, I mean, I will probably be keeping local for a while, just doing some cover gigs. Yeah, and then I might get out and do a couple of gigs for the EP. Great. Yeah. Mm. All right. Make sure that you're going to the website. Um, and just want to say that amazing talent, waving Thank the flag, waving the flag for you know Australian music um, and and Newcastle music as well. So yeah. go uh, Newcastle. All, yeah, come on, Newey. <laughs> and uh, all, all the best for the future. And, Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And when you uh, do release it, um, maybe we can get you back on. Yeah, Talk. absolutely. Yeah. Sounds great. All right, then. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you much. See you later. Bye-bye.
This is Christy James with her song Dark Sunglasses from the Raw EP on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. His clothes on the floor in the bedroom He didn't bother to hide Coming home late every night So she didn't bother to think When she slipped something in his late night drink Dark sunglasses, ashes to ashes Dust to dust as she lay She said, why, yes, man She didn't bother to hide She knew that woman was his wife So she didn't bother to think When she slipped something in the pretty little thing Straight up sunglasses, ashes to ashes Dust to dust as she lay Uh... 